Welcome, beautiful souls. You are tuned in to Love Human, Be Spirit. With us, I'm Amy, a 3-5 emotional manifester, right angle, cross of Eden. And I'm Monique, a 1-4 splenic projector, right angle cross of the vessel of love. And we'd love to invite you to join us while we talk all things human and spirit through the lens of human design. We'd like to offer you inspiration, information, and lived experiences while we're on this human ride together. So buckle up or don't, your choice. We're here to celebrate your uniqueness and our own and offer a perspective that allows us to lean into what makes us special what makes us human. So let's do it. Get ready to laugh, cry, and everything in between. And we plan to have a lot of fun along the way. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Love Human, Be Spirit. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Amy, as always, but today we also have a very special guest on, and I am very excited about this. I mean, we're always so excited when we get a guest on, but we're excited about this. This is actually a guest that we met in person first, which is Mm -hmm. unusual. Most of our guests so far have either been somebody through our own networks or through online, and then we got to meet on the call. But we have today, I'm going to say hi to Amy first and check in with you. How are you doing today, Amy? Wonderful and so excited for this episode. Yes. Yeah, me too. Um, We have a very special human on today, folks, and it is for lots of reasons, but this gentleman's name is Larry Armstead. We met him at the Human Design Conference that Amy and I were privy to go to uh, last month and uh, in Santa Fe. And um, he was somebody that was speaking at the event that Amy and I had not heard of prior, right? Amy, had you heard about? I've never heard of Larry, but God, am I so blessed to have heard of him now? And um, as are you, and as was everybody at the conference. Um, and now, listeners, you're going to be blessed. So, Welcome, Larry. Thank you for being here. Thank you, guys. I was so happy to meet you guys at the conference. It was such a good time. I can't wait for the one next year. I'm already in plans for it. I've already been in contact and saying, hey, when is the next one? And we we have dates. Kind of. So I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to go back. I loved it out there. And I love meeting everyone that speaks my language. I know. It was so great, wasn't it? So uh, for our listeners... Uh, Larry is a 6-2 emotional manifesting generator. Did I get that right? I don't have your chart in front of me. I'm going on. You did. You Um, did. Which is awesome. We love an MG around here because we're jelly bellies of that sacral. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, but why don't we uh, let you, you want to tell our listeners a little bit about you, about, you know, anything you want to share besides what we've already shared? Sure. So again, I'm Larry Armstead. Um, if you look me up online, you'll find me under parallary.com. There's a whole story there. We can always get into that a little bit later. Um, but I am a 6'2 emotional manifesting generator. Um, been in my experiment for about five years. Got initiated into the experiment by um, one of my best friends in the world, Michelle. Um, and I've always just been a spiritual guy. Um, I always say the three things that I was born into this life having 
and you can see the mechanics of it working in my chart is I was born to write. I was born to do music and I was born to see the spiritual in everything. And of course, leave it to a line too to see the spiritual in everything. Um, so that's just, that's been the, the biggest thing for me. And when human design finally jumped online for me, when I finally responded to it, when that 952 kind of just let me go and let me actually go do something with it. Um, I was like, immediately I went to Google and I'm like, does no one else see this spiritual overlay that I'm seeing here? Cause I mean, for years I've done tarot and Oracle and energy healing and energy work and all of these things. And I'm like, no one's talking about this. And the more that I got in, I realized that it was something that was hit on, but it was something that was not explored. It was kind of dismissed. And I was like, oh no, with my experiences and everything that I've seen and everything that I've experienced, this is not dismissible. This is a part of it. This is in, this is a mutation of human design. Um, and I coined it what I call divine human design because there's a, there's a divine overlay to human design. And I, I don't see the spirit as something separate from, um, you know, the body. It all works together. Um, and it, it needs to blend together. It has to blend together. Whatever doesn't grow and what doesn't expand dies. And the spirit is actually part of that. It's what animates us, right? Um, so I just began seeing that overlay and I just began applying all of the principles and things that I know about spirituality and all of my own spiritual experiments pre-human design. And I came up with this modality and presented it at the conference. And from there, all I have been hearing since being back is, oh my God, where have you been? Are you writing a book? Where can we get this information? So I know that's the initiation from, I mean, God, I got a lot of initiation out there from a lot of manifestors saying, you know, this is a book, right? And I'm like, I do now, thanks. <laughs> Give me something to respond to. Um, and then I got a lot of projectors saying, so you do realize that, you know, again, kind of leading me the direction of, we probably need this in some sort of a book or something, right? And I'm like, okay. And then my business coach said the same thing when I come back. She's like, so when are you going to start writing the book? And I'm like, okay, fine. I, I hear you guys. I got it. I'm writing the book. <laughs> oh, God, so much. Yes, yes. I love, um, I love so many, God, just you talking about who you are is like, oh, I'm in love with you. That's what I kept texting Larry after we connected. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just falling more and more in love with you. I just... I love your, I just love the way that you express. I love what you're doing. I love how, you know, effortless this like overlay came to you and how, um, you know, you just speak about it. Like it makes so much sense because it does. And we know this, right? Amy and I, we, we know this from so many modalities. Like you said, there's connections between our physical and spiritual and whatever, nothing, not, nothing can be just this or that. And um, uh, before we got on the call, I mentioned to Amy, part of what hit me hard is the way that you spoke about expansion. Like everything has to expand for us yes. for, for it to grow. If it doesn't expand, it dies. Right. And so um, Amy and I really always try and be expansive in our delivery of human design and how we talk about our lived experiences. I mean, I think what's kind of like, so I just love that you um, just the way you talk about that. Oh, oh thank God. you. I mean, so much. I Yes, I, so much. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I will, I will be the first to admit that, you know, if you look at my chart, I have a lot of five placement and especially in the design part of my chart. So, I mean, there's 
a fair amount of what people will consider heresy to come out of me, of course. Um, and I'm fine with it. But when I got invited to speak at the conference, I was like, they're so, I was so worried that there are so many purists and traditionalists that they are not going to want to hear what I have to say. And he's like, that's why I'm inviting you. And I'm like, okay. And I said, you know what? I'll just go out here and I'll just, you know, I, I'm emotional authority. I will go out here and I will share my my emotional stories and my emotional experience. And I will let that do the talking for me because, you know, Open Ego wanted to prove. I'm like, I have nothing to prove. I have, I'm worthy. Cool. I'll just share my stories and whoever's supposed to hear this will hear it. And that is exactly what is happening. This is spreading in a way that I had not anticipated. So thrilled that. and grateful that you, you know, responded in the way that you yeah. did and you let it be a yes um, and empowered yourself to share this regardless of that fear of rejection, right? Or the fear of, you know, anybody poo-pooing your belief system. I'm curious, Larry, like, you know, you shared that you're a spiritual person. How did spirituality, how did you invite yourself to create the awareness around your level of spirituality or just the presence of it for you? I mean, you know, I've heard some of your story, but I, I want our listeners to hear. So whatever you feel called to share, I would love. Sure, sure. Um, so for me, um, before human design came into the fray, um, back, I'm 40 years old now. So back when I was 15 years old, I foresaw the death of my oldest brother, Carl. Um, we were kind of having a gathering at the church and we were at my aunt's bar stools and it was like someone took me up and just kind of lifted me out of the bar stool and transplanted me into what I call this spiritual IMAX there. It's literally a screen in my mind um, that go, and it's so weird because I'm not inner vision, I'm smell, but um, you know, it's a screen that goes, you know, as far as I can see. And on this screen in the most vivid, crisp detail and colors, I foresaw the death of my oldest brother. And then, you know, it felt like I had been gone watching this play out for forever. And then I was snapped back into my body at that bar stool. And I'm just kind of like freaking out. I'm like, did no one just experience that but me? And everyone's like talking and laughing and eating. And I'm like, seriously, did no one experience that? And no one did. It was just me. And so I went home and um, told my mom what had happened. And, you know, we're in the Bible Belt of the Midwest. And it was, you know, very much don't say that you, you're going to bring, you're going to invite this energy. It's that's the devil, da, 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 all those things. Um, but my mom also is a person who had her own paranormal experience. Um, after her grandmother died, when she was a little girl, she, you know, she could hear her grandmother who was blind walking up the stairs. She could hear the doo -doo, doo -doo of her footsteps, the cadence. And she saw the bed actually sink down when her grandmother would lay in the bed because they shared a bed together. And mom said, oh, grandmother, there's nobody with you. And they, she said, I had the best night of sleep that I think I've ever had in my entire life. Um, so, I mean, it's something that's in the family, right? Um, so mom was, you know, don't say that. It's, you know, a very religious thing, but she also understood. Um, and so I just... I was very much into the church. I was very much a church boy. And I said, you know what? I'm going to put this to the back of my mind because, you know, I don't want to bring this in. I don't want this to be a thing. I mean, I don't want to lose my oldest brother. 
I was at his house every weekend babysitting the kids and making money and just spending time and hanging out. And so I put it to the back of my mind. I didn't forget it because I couldn't unsee it. But I was like, okay, well, if it if it, this is really a thing, I'm kind of in that cynical play. Like, if this is really a thing, then I'll recognize when it happens. And one day I woke up and the day felt way too familiar. Um, I, I came out of my room and my parents had people coming over and they were bringing in, you know, cards and they were having drinks and food and all that stuff. And it was the most deja vu that I have ever experienced in my entire life because it stopped me in my tracks in the hallway by my bedroom. And I'm like, is, whoa, 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 no, no, no. And that like that memory that I had suppressed came straight to the forefront of my mind. And I was like, oh my God, like heart's racing. This is it. This is it. This is the day. And um, I'll have chills now because it's actually this the week of this year. It's this week um, of this year. Um, and it was October the 8th of 1999. And I had my car by that point. I was a year older. And I'm recognizing everything. And I'm like, okay, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm going to outsmart. I'm going to outsmart this. If I just change where I'm at and what I saw, then it changes everything. You know, the butterfly effect type situation. So I said, hey, mom, um, I'm going to go to my cousin Byron's house. Um, are you cool with that? And she's like, yeah, it's fine. We're going to be doing our thing. Just be careful. Um, and I got in my car. I'm freaking out the entire drive. Get to my cousin's house. And I'm like in the driveway. And I'm like, Whew, okay. Bryce is subverted. We, I have changed everything. We are good. And I'm walking up the, the driveway to my aunt's house. And this aunt and uncle keep the door locked. Like, you can't just walk in. It's a knock situation. And I get up to the, you know, open the screen. And I'm about to put my hand on the doorknob. And I kind of stop. And I'm like, oh, because more of the vision starts coming back to me. And I'm like, oh, my God, don't let the doorknob be open. Don't let the door handle be open. Please don't let this be open. And my hand on it. And it twists open. And I'm like, fuck. Okay. And I'm like, okay. Okay, nothing's big. I was, but so as you get into my aunt's house, there's a there's an upper right here, the stairs, and then you look straight down there's stairs, and then there's the landing, and then there's the kitchen, and there was a phone back in the days when we had phones that still hung on the wall. Um, there was a phone right there, and I said, please don't let her be on the phone, because if she's on the phone, I already know what the, the the deal is. She's on the phone at the bottom of the landing, and I said. He's going to click over and say, what? Oh, my God, we got to go. And I'm sitting there like on the third or fourth stair because I'm like, I, my heart is racing. I'm like, I know what's about to happen. She, she hold on, girl. Let me, let me see what they want. Hold on. Clicks over. What? Oh, my God, we got to go. And I'm like. And um, she comes upstairs. She comes running upstairs and she's like, we got to go. We got to go. And I just sit down on like the fourth step and I'm like, she had, nothing had to be said to me because I knew exactly what happened at that point. Um, and that was the night, October the 8th of 1999 is when Friday night is when we lost my brother. Um, from that point, like my brother came to me in a dream that night because we didn't, we didn't leave the hospital till around six in the morning. Um, and so we got home at about seven. I can't sleep. I'm, you know, emotionally exhausted. Um, everyone is kind of just spent and worn because, you know, that happened at about seven, eight o'clock that night, the previous night. So we're like 12 hours later on the other side of it, right? 
And I can't sleep in my room, so I beg my parents to let me sleep in their room because I just need to feel safe and secure at that point. And I get in there, and I finally doze off, and my brother comes to me in a dream, and he's just happy and just happy-go-lucky. And I'm like, Harley, what, 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 what is going on? And he's like, tell everybody I'm okay. I'm like, could you not? And he doesn't stop walking. He like he says it in passing, and he just keeps walking. And he he like looks back over his shoulder, and he smiles at me, and gives me kind of one of those like "what's up" things. And he just keeps going, and I'm like, okay. And then much like my mom, I had the greatest night's sleep that I've ever had. I woke up and told everyone. Um, and then we also find, and this is what I didn't share at Santa Fe because we just didn't have enough time. But he left us all a letter. Um, there was a letter that he left for the entire family and everyone had a little section in the letter that was dedicated to them. So he knew it was happening. Right. Um, and we all read our sections of the letter. And then after we read the letter, the letter disappears. We, and my mom and dad kept this letter in their safe. Like when people would come over to read the house, to read the letter at the house, they would go to the safe, get it out. They would let the person read the letter. They would stand outside the bathroom door so they can make sure the letter made it back into their hands to put back into the safe and the next person could read the letter. After everyone who was named in that letter read that letter and they went and put it back into the safe, to this day, they cannot find the letter. Nowhere to be found. Um, I'm speechless. <laughs> My mouth is just like wide open. I'm just like, Larry, and how old are you? 16, 17? I am 16 at this point. My heart just goes out to you. I can't, I can't, I can't put myself in that reality, you know? It, it's the freakiest thing in the world because my brother saw this in me and he speaks of this in the letter. Um, he told me my section in the letter was, you're going to go on and you're going to do great things. You're going to use that brain of yours and you're going to change the world. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't because I see something great in you. Aww. And I'm like, yeah. So, I mean, it still gets me emotional to this day. And after that point, my uncle, that the cousin that I went to visit to try to change the course of events, that uncle's dad it was my pastor. Um, he's he, I've only ever known him as an uncle because him and my aunt had been together um, since they were 14 years old. So um, the mechanics get a little weird there, but technically he's my married uncle. Um, that aunt is my mom's um, sister. So, um, but he was my pastor. He had a church and that was a church that I went to, attended, of course, religiously. I was there to open the doors when it opened and close them when they closed. And um, the church wasn't providing the answers that I needed for me. Um, I wanted to know why me? Why did I see this? Why did I get this vision? Why did no one else see this? What's what What's going on? Um, and my uncle, God bless him, you know, he gave it to his church lens. He said, you know, this is what we call familiar spirits. You're dealing with familiar spirits and, you know, you need to leave that alone. And I was like, cool story, bro. No, I'm not leaving it alone. I need an answer. And he didn't have the answer to give me. Bible scripture was not enough for me. So I said, you know what? I can't be the only one in the world. So I went to the library back when libraries were an actual thing, right? Because this is 1999, so the internet's a little infant. 
Um, so we don't have the act. We didn't have the access to YouTube and Facebook and all the information that we have now. So I went to the library and I pretty much cleaned out the area that was spirituality and all the things. I had books on ghosts and paranormal experiences. You want to be a medium. Um, this is how you read tarot cards. I mean, any book you can imagine, I, I, I would check out the max amount of books that I could, which was like 10 at the time. And I would bring them home. I would put them in the closet because again, very religious household. And, you know, I was also sexually in the closet. So, I mean, that's apropos, right? Um, and I'm like, I'm sitting here reading all this, like sexuality be damned at that point. I'm like, I need to know what this is. Um, and I'm sitting here, I'm reading this stuff and six two, but I'm, you know, 16, 17 years old. I'm in three phases of my life, right? And I love the hindsight of human design being what it is because I'm like, I can see exactly the experimenting, the experimentation phase of this, right? So I'm looking at all the stuff they're saying do in these books. These are the meditations you do. These are the things you do. This is how you summon this. This is how you do this. This is how you read this. And I'm like, cool, try, let's do it. Let's do it. I dove head first. Anything those books told me to do, I did 100%. I did astral projection. I did tarot reading. I did handwriting analysis. I did it all. Um, and there were things that felt completely right for me to do, um, which I now recognize is a great sacred response. And there were things that just was like, eh, that's not for me. Um, so I kept things that felt right. Um, and then I just, again, started experimenting. Like I, that part of me that was transported to the spiritual IMAX didn't turn back off. It was like someone hit the light switch and left the room and I didn't have the key to get back in and turn the light off. Um, so... I started saying, okay, well, if this is going to be a thing, it's going to be a thing. So, again, I started around that time. Lisa Williams, famous psychic medium, um, had her show on the air called Life Among the Dead. And um, I watched it and I was like, oh, oh, my God, there's somebody real. There's somebody real that's experiencing what I'm experiencing. And I'm, I watched every episode. I had them recorded on, you know, VCR tapes, VHS tapes. Um, and I was like, you know what? I, I, she can do this. I can do this. And so I'm watching her tape, her V, you know, her broadcast and I'm, I'm taking notes. Like, this is how she's doing this. This is where I got the idea to wear a hat from, because she said, when I wear a hat, spirit knows they can't bother me. It's the kind of my side to them that I'm not on right now, because up until that point, I could get bothered by spirit everywhere I couldn't go to I couldn't go to the library. I couldn't go to the gas station. I couldn't go to the grocery store without seeing someone's dead relative waving hi or saying hi or me picking up information or this is there's a message for this person or there's something this person needs to know. And when Lisa finally gave that nugget, I was like, okay, spirit, if you guys are going to be getting a hold of me, first of all, because I was feeling everything in my body too. So if someone had died of, let's say, a heart attack, I'm feeling that constriction and that tightness every, and everything in my body. I'm like, oh, no, that's no, that's not a thing. That's not, not happening. So she was like, you know, you can kind of tell spirit what you want. Um, And I was like, you know what? I don't want to feel what the person felt. You guys can show me on the IMAX. You guys can speak. You guys can do any of that. But as far as taking that into my body, no. Absolutely not. And that stopped. And so I'm doing all of this stuff. And then there's one night that really sticks out in my mind. Um, 
I just done some awesome meditations. I met my spirit guides. Um, and there was one that stood in the back of me. I met five spirit guides, um, three of which had something to say. But there was one that stood in the back of me named Orion. And I was like, everyone else was, you know, talkative or kind of let me know what their roles was, were. Orion pretty much stood in the back of me with his arms crossed like this. And I'm like, dude, are you going to speak? You going to say something? Not a word. I mean, and for years, I mean, I'm just looking back. I'm like, okay, so I guess you'll speak when you're, it's time for you to speak. Nothing, like stone statue. I'm like, oh, so why are you here? Nothing. So I'm I'm doing everything that I'm doing. Um, I start giving readings to friends all over, uh, all over. I have friends up in New York and out in, you know, Chicagoland area, all over the place. And I start telling them, this is what I'm doing. And um, they're like, well, read me. So I read them and they are freaking out. And honestly, I'm freaking out because as I'm saying these things out of my mouth, I don't believe one damn word that's coming out of my mouth. I'm like, this is what I, this is what I see. This is what I'm getting. And they are freaking out. And I'm like, seriously? Like they're saying, oh my God, how did you know that? And I'm like, then I turn it to them, right? I'm like, seriously, are you serious? Okay, cool. Um... So I finally meet a friend named Tasha and she's like, Hey, Larry, um, I end up doing a re an impromptu reading for her at her house. Um, after I see a feather floating down, I recognize from Lisa that that's a sign. And I was like, Hey, first, my first question was, do you have feather pillows or pillows or a down comfort or anything in your house that has feathers? And she said, no, I don't. And I was like, she's like, why do you ask? I'm like, well, the feather just came floating down from your ceiling. And I'm like, and here it is. And then I felt that vibration of the spiritual IMAX thing happening. I'm like, okay, Tasha, can I do a reading for you? And she's like, yeah. And then boom, I'm in the IMAX again. And I see like this guy, you know, for all intents and purposes, commit suicide with a shotgun. And then I'm brought back in and I tell her everything that I see. And me and Tasha were very new friends at that point. And we're sitting on her, on her couch and her face is a combination of ghost white and red and splotches. And I'm like, what did I say? She was like, you had no way of knowing what you just said. I'm like, what did I say? She was like, Larry, that was my grandfather. I was the one who found his body when I was a little girl. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And, um, you know, I started doing more and more readings. Like I started reading for her mom and her grandmother. And I'm like, everyone is asking me to read. And then Tasha looks at me and she was like, and looking back, I have her design now. She's a ego projector. So of course she's going to lead me a little bit. And she said, have you ever thought about reading for people professionally like online? And I'm like, no, I've been going to like try to get my own readings, right? At like little psychic shops. And I end up reading the readers um, and the, have the readers in tears. And I'm like, I'm paying you for me to read you. Okay, cool. Um, and she was like, people would pay you to do this. And I was like, there's no one in the world that is going to pay me for spirituality, Tasha. That's not a thing. And she was like, just go to like Reddit or Facebook or something and put up a page and just say you're doing it for five bucks. Okay. So I did it. Of course, you know, somebody offered you an hour, hour and a half of their time for five bucks to do a complete and total reading. I was booked, like very booked. And um, that kind of energy, of course, is an energy drain on the, you know, 
the human body. Um, and so she was like, increase your rates. So I increased my rates. And then I do that. And then there's this girl named Amber that tries to book with me. Uh, well, she tries to add me on Facebook. And we have no mutual friends in common. I'm like, who is this Amber chick? She keeps on trying to add me. It's like four or five times she tries to add me. And I reject every single time because I'm like, we don't have any mutual friends. So she finally is like, oh, I got an idea. I'll go to your website and I'll book you because I know I can get you there. Um, and Amber is um, a splenic manifester. Um, didn't know that at the time. But she booked me and she was like, finally, I've been trying to get a hold of you for a long time and you just wouldn't accept me. Amber's a gifted psychic medium. She ends up reading me for like three hours. And I'm like, oh my God. She was like, yeah, this is why I've been trying to get a hold of you. We're best friends now. <laughs> so Amber's still one of my absolute best friends in the world. Um, and she was doing a bunch of spiritual stuff online. And she said, hey, would you be interested in doing this little spiritual virtual workshop online? I said, sure, that's fine. Um, I go there and um, I, I see this chick in there. And I'm like, she's just like really bohemian, really out there. Um, she's breastfeeding her her son on during the the call, and I'm like, oh, she's she's like hippy dippy, like spiritual woo woo chick. Um, and her name is Michelle, and she's an emotional manifester. Now looking back, um, and I connect with her. I, I'm you know always letting the spiritual modality in, and you know experimenting with it. And at that time, it was a course in miracles. And I was like, hey, I'd love to have somebody to read this with. Amber wasn't interested. So Michelle was like, I, I'll read it with you. And so we just connected over A Course of Miracles. And quickly, our friendship became anything but A Course of Miracles. We started doing everything you can imagine together. Healing work and parts work and trauma work and all of the things. Um, and then she finally brings to me one day, hey, I just heard about this thing, human design. Have you ever heard about this? And I was like, no, I have not. And, you know... Open hand, open option, open ego on me. I'm like, I'm proving. I have this certification, have that certification, and I list everything that I have. And then it's like, Michelle, I don't need another spiritual modality. I am good. And she's like, okay, well, it's out here. I'm not going to stop talking about it. I'm like looking at it again, hindsight. I'm like, of course, your manifesto is not going to stop talking about it, right? And so she, she jumped right in to her experiment. And she would say things to me like, well, Larry, it's okay if you're not ready. You don't have to do it if you're not ready. And of course, it's like, F that. I'm No, I'm going with you. I'm doing this now. And um, so she starts deconditioning. I'm like, I ain't getting left behind. I'm deconditioning too. I don't know what it is, but I'm deconditioning. Um, so we start deconditioning. And the one thing that that didn't go away, we always returned to A Course in Miracles. Like it was always there as a companion piece. And even today, it still happens. We like, oh, you're you're living in lesson nine of A Course in Miracles that you realize that, right? Um, but the deconditioning process became really rapid, really quickly. And one day I just kind of looked at Michelle, I was like, what makes us different? Have we been able to achieve this amount of deconditioning in such a short period of time? Um, because, you know, along the way, Michelle would sprinkle in human design. She was like, oh, Larry, this is your open ego talking. Or Larry, this is this happening. And I'm like, Wait, what is an open ego? Yeah, what What is it? Oh, I don't understand this. It reads like Chinese. It doesn't make sense. And 
one night I went through, you know, I, after going through a terrible breakup, I was laying in my bed by myself and I had one HD app on my phone and I opened it up and I was up to like five, six in the morning. And I was just like, oh my God. Finally, that 952 let go of, let me go. And I was like, oh my God, there I am. This explains my alone time that I need and I never know when it's coming. People have always called me a hermit and I'm like, well, there it is. Okay, cool. Um, that explains my quote unquote mood swings. They're not mood swings. It's emotional wave. Oh my God. And I start seeing myself and I'm in the bed crying at this point because I'm like, oh my God, here I am. This is me. And it made everything make sense. And from there, I was, I couldn't unsee all the spiritual stuff that I'd done. Tarot, um, you know, mediumship, psychic stuff, clairvoyance, um, channeling. I couldn't unsee or undo any of that. I was like, so where does this fit into human design? And then I would hear teachings from, you know, the founder of human design, Rat Uruhu, saying, oh, the spirituality, you know, it, it's it's an illusion. It's an illusion. And I'm like, that's bullshit. That's, this is not an illusion. Um, I, you cannot take this experience away from me because I'm in my body and I know exactly what happened in my body and in my experience. And if you take that away from me with the, you know, human design being the science of, you know, differentiation and individuation and your body knows the way, how dare you say that what I experienced in my own body and my own experience is an illusion. It's an illusion for you because you haven't experienced it. It is not an illusion for me because I've lived it and my body has experienced those things. And it was at that point, I kind of realized that Rob brought in based on his nervous system capacity, what he could bring in based on his nervous system capacity and what he was able to bring into the world. But it was also subject to distortion the moment that it passed through his body because he's a human being. So it came in through also his trauma, his worldview, his lenses, his all those things. It came through all of those things. So he gave us a very wonderful framework and but anything like that that comes through a human being it is my belief and you'll find it also in the law of one which is another spiritual um book that i recognize they say that anything like that that comes through automatically the moment it hits a human body um it is distorted and i understand it because none of us are perfect we all have our own biases even though we're not aware of our biases we all have our own blind spots, even though we're not aware of those those blind spots. So what we hear gets filtered through those things. And that's what we end up bringing into the world. So when people say, well, do you think you have it all figured out with, you know, your explanation of divine human design? Not even a little bit. Is there more for divine human design? Oh, yeah. Am I the one bringing it in? All I can tell you is with my nervous system capacity, what I have and the nervous system work that I'm doing to expand my nervous system capacity, I'm open to bringing in whatever spirit dumps on me. But there's somebody that's going to see the work that I'm doing that's that might be listening to this podcast and they may see something that I don't see. And I'm not going to reject that or call that an illusion. I'm going to say, yes, that's your piece of the puzzle. Run with that. Do that. Just like the part that I've been assigned to is my turn run with and go do. And it's by going by for me, it's by no means complete. Human design for me is not a complete system. Um, Ra himself called it a mutative system. And, and that's one of the biggest things that I like to tell people 
that we live in our third density reality. And the, one of the laws of this reality is the law of expansion and whatever does not expand and grows dies. Look at a plant, look at an animal, look at ourselves. If we do not expand, grow, all of those things, it dies. And it will be the same thing with the human design system if we say it has to be exactly the way Ra brought it in and you have to learn it exactly the way Ra taught it and all those things. Okay, Amy, cut the episode. We're done. For real. <laughs> we can end it right there. We're done. We didn't really have to do anything. That was so good. Hey, you beautiful human. If you're ready to book your life-changing reading with us as a dynamic duo, where you are certain to be initiated and guided like never before. Good news. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes. And we cannot wait to meet you. Wrap. It's a wrap. I mean, really, like, can we can we add to that? I'm not sure. We're gonna try, I think. But, um, <laughs> dang, Larry. Yeah. Dang. Okay. Wait. Wait. I I know Amy's got stuff to say too. I know, right? Because I Go do. But it. while you're holding your head, Amy, because that's what Amy does when she's having a lot of mind explosions. She like holds her head. <laughs> I'm gonna say some shit. First of all, listeners. Okay, one more time, 6-2 Emotional Manifesting Generator. And I just want to point out the um, Larry's full design because Larry's got a whole bunch of channels running through his design and everybody just got to hear all that. And I want to talk about that a little bit. So Larry's got the 1020 Channel of Awakening. Larry's got the 1034 and uh, the Exploration, right? Of course, the 2034 channel of charisma, yeah. you know, you know, UMGs <laughs> with that channel, which Larry's yours is subconscious, which maybe we'll talk about that a little bit because I think that's super interesting, right? Like, and mm -hmm. it's what activates your throat is that, yes. that, that's, that's what makes you your whole thing, your whole type, right? Like, yeah. so no wonder you're blurting out things from your subconscious <laughs> all the time, right? But, anyways, and yeah. like super charismatically, then also has the uh, 2750 preservation, mm -hmm. right? Which I can yep. so hear like all over you, how you like take care. Um, and uh, the 3041 is your emotional wave, um, yep. right? That fantastical one, the uh, recognition. And then mm -hmm. also the 952, which you talked about a lot, you mentioned um, yeah. the channel of concentration I like how you kind of reference it like uh, how it lets you go and like you talk about like the pulse with it kind of and how you've like gotten to like you could hear that when you were talking and so our listeners are kind of human design nerds so I just wanted to lay that all out for them that don't have a visual of your chart because while you were talking I got to like look at your chart and um, I also want to just thank you for all the 90s references <laughs> Took a note to mention <laughs> yes. that because I mean I don't know I we talked about the phone on the wall we talked about a VCR we talked uh but there was one more what else did you say there was one more nineties reference in there too oh that's the, that the internet the internet being an infant the library correct yeah the library all of those things back when shit was sweet that's what I always say about the nineties absolutely um, gosh. Yeah, um, I just, uh, I want to, and then I wrote here, had, like, as I wrote, how exactly did human design find you? You literally got to that part of the story next. So I was like, oh, don't have to ask him that. I love <laughs> how, I love how you're in your introduction to spirit 
and really, I don't know if that was your introduction. I mean, I, I'm, I'm from what it sounds like you grew up in a church and there was probably an element of spirituality around you always. But that first encounter yeah. that hits you like upside the head with spirit, um, how that really catapulted, it sounded like to me, how that really catapulted you into like almost spirit helping you set boundaries for yourself. Because that's when you learned how to like, I don't know, like this is okay. If this is going to, when you finally got to the place where you're like, if this is going to be a thing, you know, we're going to have to set some boundaries. And I don't know. I mean, I'm 42. I've got two years on you and I'm just learning how to set boundaries. So what mm -hmm. a gift that you got to like really get that sort of bearing around yourself. Um, I, I don't know. You just, you seem like such a special human to me. And I just, I, that's, but I had all that yeah. to say. And um, maybe now Amy has her thoughts compiled because she's an emotional you know mom's spleenic so all my shit comes out right away i'm like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and uh while she gets it together there with her abstract wave we you know we'll give her a minute and uh, yep, yep, yep. you have stuff to say now amy and right back to that all <laughs> well and let's highlight as we learned at the conference that i am double barreled that's my... right you're a double barrel <laughs> is that the 22 12 and the 35 36 so yeah. okay Hello. <laughs> I know. So my heart goes out to you for your 4130. I get it. <laughs> and I, yeah. I, I would love to, I mean, and I'm thinking about that, you know, cause I have 41, but I don't have 30. Otherwise I would have that full stream. Holy shit. Would that not be a trip? Um, it, that, that whole channel expression is, I say that's the one that gets on my nerves the most. Oh yeah. Well, you and I connect that stream right now. Right, because I've got yeah. your thirty-five yeah. to your, I've got the thirty-five to your thirty-six, and you got thirty-five, yep. forty-one. But you know, the the forty-one is that pressure to desire, you know. Mm -hmm. And I I kind of felt that with you sharing the desire to share this information, but not sure necessarily how oh it's going to be received. And I can only imagine, Larry, that in so many of your experiences in your life, there has been that pressure you know, of that yeah. desire to do that. And yet, and then, you know, your wave doesn't make it to your throat. Right. So you know, just, it just sits around in a pressury emotional place. But so the things that Monique highlighted, I loved all of those, but I was really looking at your cross too, because I haven't had anybody that cross that I looked at with a left angle cross of industry, especially with the 3420 being a part of your cross. And I, I can't just, find anybody. See, I you're an anomaly. This is why you're so special, Larry. Your brother <laughs> called it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, it was written right there for you. But I just, I want to read this little segment because I quickly looked up. Um, I don't know where the hell all my books are at the moment, which is just the story of my life these days, you know, with all my crises. My main son gate's 36. It's a day mm -hmm. and, three, and I three lines. So it just- Bless you. Hugs. Yeah. <laughs> I will receive that because I need them pretty regularly. Pretty regularly. Um, Monique got me a doll. I, I know I want to share this for our listenership too. Monique is the most gifty, sweetest person in the world. She's so thoughtful. I know that she is this human and I, I see it in her design, but I just love her for it. Like she would give you everything she ever had and not think another thing of it. And I just love that about her. <laughs> but she gave me this doll for me to take my anger out on. It's so freaking fabulous. It's so wonderful. It. And I've used it so much and I want to feel bad about how much I've abused this doll, but it's really what it's there for. It is a tool for my anger outlets. So I just, I wanted to share my beautiful friend and all the things that she's gifted me with. She gave those things to me when we were at the conference. 
I love feels, it. Which feels like a lifetime ago. It was, you know, it was too short and now it's not soon enough for it to come back. And so <laughs> connecting with you, Larry, today just helps us reinfuse that energy. But let me get back to my left arrows want to get back to the whole point of this cross. It the, This intriguing cross brings together energies related to commitment, intense feelings, present moment awareness and empowerment. And I just thought, you highlighted all of those things in everything that you just so beautifully shared. Yeah. And we could have just dropped the mic and ended it there. Right. But I am so grateful for your presence. I'm so grateful for your empowerment. And I'm grateful for the vision that you have to see how these things can be supportive. There's no one thing that we have to uh, buy into or need to buy into in life. There's a whole slew of things that we, and as a three, I'm speaking from my own experience that we get to experience and experiment with. And you were sharing with us how you've done that with what feels probably like second nature. And now things that you're also empowering yourself to nurture and bringing those together. And it's, it's needed and it's felt. And I feel very blessed that you're sharing it not only with Monique and I today, and the people at the conference, but now our listenership, and we want that to continue to expand. It's just, it's just beautiful to hear. I I really appreciate it. I mean, because I for for many years, you know, you you kind of feel like a loner in a lot of this stuff. Um, and it takes for the line to to be called out to see their own stuff that they're naturally just gifted at, and that they're naturally brilliant with. I for so many years, you know, when I would do one on one coaching. I would tell people, I mean, you have these same gifts inside of you. And I still believe that everyone is, no one is exempt. We're all a spark of spirit experiencing itself in a human body, right? So we all have access to this. It's just a matter of who wants to go down that rabbit hole. And not everyone wants to go down that rabbit hole. And that's okay. Um, but one of the biggest things that just kind of responded to what you said is, you know, there's no one way. I remember in my undergraduate, um, one of my sociology professors said, the moment that anybody comes to you and says, this is the way I have the answer. This is the truth. I have it all figured out. Run and go the other direction. And that is one thing that I've always lived by. And I mean, so with me being a sociology you know, major too, taking all that in, I was trained to be devil's advocate. So I still, even though I am in the throes of human design and all spirituality, I still look for ways to doubt it and ways to poke holes in it because I'm just like, I I just, let me find a weak spot somewhere. I haven't, you know, since I've been 15, I have not been able to find a weak spot. And human design of my experiment in five years, I can't find like the hole to poke in and say, oh, this does not work. I can see where there needs to be things added and expanded up one, but I can't find like, I can look at my chart or I can look at the charts of my family and just watch us all in a room. And I've literally done this, just been kind of down to Thanksgiving and just watching everybody. And I'm just sitting back and I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. That's why those two don't get along. Oh, that's why that triggers that person. Oh, that's why they are so close. And once you get, you know, once you nerd out on design and you get down into the nitty gritty of it, it is just, it is this thing that just kind of takes you and you just, you want more. You, you almost get addicted to it. And I'm like, especially adding the spiritual overlay to it, which is, you know, that's my jam at this point. Um, I'm like, okay, 
there's some stuff here that people really need to know. And that was my whole point of just having that conversation at the conference. Um, Cause even, even when I got the invitation to speak, I was like, are you sure? me? Why me? That's the, Oh, hello. Open ego. Why me? <laughs> like, am I, are you sure that I'm good enough and worthy enough to do this? And, you know, I kind of heard the not self spin in it. And I was like, yeah, dude, he wouldn't have invited you. And you wouldn't have wrote, I wrote the entire wave of it. And the wave spit out in a meet, you know, a yes. And I was just like, okay, we're doing this. And it was one of the most powerful, most empowering and most impactful things I think I've ever done. I love I, how you shared, like, you know, in this a group setting, whether it's family, friends or whatever, you're inviting mm -hmm. yourself to sit and witness somewhat they don't and here's a little secret to any of our listeners that knows me personally so like I was on the phone with my sister last night who's going through her own you know journey and um she was just sharing some of her woes and secretly I did finally out myself but secretly while we're on the phone I pulled up her design and I'm just listening to her use her design she knows it looked baby amount, right? Like as much as she'll let me share with her, she's also, she's a sacral mansion. So she's one of the lucky bitches that doesn't have to deal with the emotional stuff. Right. <laughs> and yeah, but yet that was showing up too in our conversation, that sacral energy, you know, it just, and so I feel like where I'm at more in my experiment reflects a lot of what you just said, Larry. It's like, I'm just inviting myself to witness it in those that I have, I'm blessed. And not necessarily to poke holes, but as you said that, I was like, oh, am I like fact checking here? Am I, you know, like, mm -hmm. am, am I subliminally doing that going now wait, you know, it, because I, I will also say this very lovingly to anyone else who was at the conference, but it's the first one that I have been to that I am surrounded by people that we understand, like there's no judgment of who we are and we don't have to you know, apologize for who we are. We're all deeply accepted, but I did witness, um, some people the first time that I've been dropped in an experiment where only there were a bunch of HD nerds that I felt like people were using their design to be a fucking asshole. Right. That's, that's, and so I want, <laughs> I wanted to have a shirt or a hat or something or fucking tattoo across my head that said, don't use the information that you've uncovered <laughs> in your design to be a jackass, right? <laughs> like, God, and so true. Oh my God. Oh my God. Thank you for being on Love, Human, Be Spirit, the podcast. We were going to just my end, end it there. Good God. <laughs> yes. 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 Uh, that was the one thing that I told my business coach when I came back home. I was like, there was one particular event that I attended. I'm going to throw no one under the bus. Um, <laughs> but there was an individual there that I'm a manifester. And, Will you shut the hell up is what they said to another person. Literally. Will you shut the hell up? They're the person that wrote the book. And I want to hear from them. And you did it. And I have the cross of explanation. And you're going to do it. And I'm like, okay, sweetheart, because you have the cross of explanation, because your manifester does not give you permission or carte blanche to be an asshole. And that's what you're being. And she I'm so glad you said that because that's like, I, I feel like this happens with anything. Okay. People get on some type of whatever, and it becomes a thing of like, oh, I'm better than, or I am this and you're that, or this, that. And then all we're doing is dividing again and separating. Mm -hmm. And that's so much 
against, I feel like really like the whole, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what anyone's belief is, but my personal one is that we're here to do this thing together. And anything that really pulls us away from that um, in a way that's like, well, just what you said, using anything to justify anything, in my opinion, is just not the thing. Yeah. It's not the thing. We're all humans and we're all going through some experience and and very much to how you described um when when you were talking about Ra Aruhu when he brought in the system like you know um there's going to be a level of however we see the world it's going to come out through us that way right our perspective is our own our body nobody can tell you that you didn't experience spirituality in that moment because you did in your body like you said and just like everything um yeah anyway i'm glad that you said that i'm glad that you referenced that because <laughs> it needed to be said somewhere and amy's a manifester too so thank you for just saying that but um in, in any case i think that anyone that uses this information in particular to like justify being an asshole i just i i i I can almost tolerate anything else except people being assholes to other people that's just <laughs> i just don't know I'm a vessel of love over here. I'm innocent motivation. I believe me, I have a really hard time with, I'm a non-emotional. There's a lot that I'm like, what is happening in the world sometimes? I'm just like in dumbfounded disbelief most days that this is what's happening. I'm like, wait, what? But um, I just, Mm -hmm. I, 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 I love that. Also, I don't know much about CrossFit industry either. I don't think I've met anybody either. Uh, so I, I'm glad that you brought that up, Amy. Um, also, I noticed that your main sun gate is your emotional wave. Your main sun gate is 30, uh-huh. right? It's part of your part of your wave. So uh-huh. similar to Amy, like you, like Amy's main sun gate is 36. It's yeah. When I know you're a double barrel, but that's you always. Amy always jokes that her 35 is 36 is so loud that she can't even get in touch with her 1222 because the 35 36 is loud it's a heck of a a channel and and one of my close friends has your channel too larry that 30 30 41 and while i don't Mm -hmm. i feel like i i don't know um there's a level of expectation there too right that that whole wave is kind of about expectation to to a degree but how would you um uh, how would you talk about it? How would you talk about your I mean, gate 30 being your main sun uh, gate? Can you well, can you share a little bit there? Well, it's hilarious because I wrote a book and it's how to use the power of expectation to create the life that you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is be- and this is before I knew about design. So I'm like, oh, you were living by design here too, dude. Say the name of your <laughs> book, Larry, for people that want to know. It is it is called Where's My Pizza? How to use the power of expectation to create the life you want. Beautiful. Thank you. My 4426 could not let you miss that moment in time to say the name of your <laughs> book, please, on our podcast, because I I'm appreciate sure you. others are falling in love with you, too, right now. So um, I saw your book. I'm glad you brought that up. So that's crazy that that's what you titled your book. Right. And yeah. like, I, I love the the hindsight of human design because you could literally just go back and pick out key moments in your life and you're like, Right. It's working whether you realize it's working mm. or not. Right. Um, and I even, I'll, I'm going to get to your question, I promise, but I have to share this little tidbit. Like I introduced design to my mom and you'll see where the industry and everything comes in here. Um, I'm explaining the tour because I'm so excited about it and it's so new and it's so fresh and I'm, I'm, it's finally not Chinese to me. It's, it makes sense. 
And she looks at me, mom has every center um, defined. She only has an open throat. Everything else is defined. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, her transit <laughs> right, and her transit right now, everything is defined for the month of October. Um, and I was like, oh God, I'm not going over there. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to chill at the apartment. I'm just leaving that alone. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, doing just kind of the penta overlay, I'm like, <laughs> that entire, I'm like, okay, we're just, they're lying to, we're just gonna, we're gonna chill. We're gonna be over here. Um, but when I explained it to her, you know, she's like, and she knows she has a lot of activation in her head. I mean, she has the, um, the 63.4 and she has the 64.47. And so she was like, oh, none of this is out of the ordinary to me. She said, but can I ask you to do me a favor? And I was like, yeah, whatever. And she was like, you're excited about it. She was like, give it to me in layman's terms. Like, so I explained human design to her in very simplistic layman's terms. And my 70 year old mom now speaks and is living design. Love that. Yeah. Very religious woman now. And she's like, oh, this is just the fearfully and wonderfully made part of the Bible. This is this is your blueprint of how you were fearfully and wonderfully made. I was like, and she was like, babe, that's that's your gift. You're able to take these big overarching themes and things and you're able to spin them down and explain them in a way that's accessible for everyone. And I was like, oh, you mean in a very, very industrious way? He's like, yeah, in an industrious way. I was like, and there it is. So mm -hmm. that's why I'm, I'm launching a with my uh, with my business coach. I'm we're launching a platform called Human Design Simply, um, just so we can explain it to like, if someone's listening right now, they're like, what is the forty one thirty? We want to get it to you simply. We want to get it to you where you're like, okay, now, because for me, a lot of it was when I first came across it. I was like, now what? It, where where am I in that? I see it, but where am I? So now it's like just bringing it in. But that 4130 kind of the segue into what you ask, um, it is a channel that I say gets on my nerves the absolute most because it is having to reconcile in the way that never, number one, not every desire that jumps up out of me is necessarily for me. Some of those are to give away and to say, this is what I see, here you go. But it all feels, because it's hitting that, you know, the the emotional center of the solar plexus it feels like it's mine and i want it i want it, i want it you'll get that part of the wave right and then mm. after ride that and map the mechanics of that and then you know finally and i mean there's some fantastic stuff that comes out of that right some fantastical ideas and concepts and things but i realized that after the wave settles oh yeah this is this ain't me this, this isn't it's i gotta get this away this is for somebody else mm. and it's that there's desire always churning within me because of that sun placement. I am always, you know, my Amber, who uh, first introduced me to the spiritual community, right, online, she said, you know, Larry, you're always looking for, you hit the finish line and then you move the finish line back. You're always looking for the next thing. I'm like, that's the way the desire works. Um, and I mean, that's my motivation. I'm desire motivation. No, I mean, that's the way that it works. I'm always going to hit the finish line and be like, well, we're kind of there, but what about this? Wow. And um, I've, I've started learning that that's also the purpose of that line too in me. 
is, you know, a lot of people think that the line two is just for hermiting and just for, you know, breaking. I'm like, no, it is for you to bring yourself back into your own body, into your own energy, for you to synthesize and integrate all the stuff that you've been around and that you've experienced. And then when it's time, people will call you back out to the world. But a lot of people take that hermit mode and they just like, oh, not going to do anything with it. I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to be antisocial and do nothing. And then that's when you get into the imbalanced expression of being aligned to. You go hermit as a way of escaping the world and, you know, doing all those things when it's time for you and your body to recalibrate and to come back online and to do what it's intended to do. So you're actually able to go out and interact with the world. And shout out to all my conscious mind twos. I don't know how y'all do it because <laughs> having it unconsciously, bless it. I cannot imagine that being conscious for people. Oh my gosh. So many things that you said. And I want to highlight again, because you referenced it, you know, we, and now I want to come back to it again, but you're cross just because I just think so much of how you've shared yourself today is highlighted, you know, like your cross is being highlighted mm -hmm. and, you mm -hmm. know, even from the checking in with ourselves that when information is downloaded to us, because by the way, that's happening probably to all of us to some extent, right? But all, all the time. We're literally such 3D humans, the air, level of arrogance that like this 3D reality is the only thing that's out there, which PS, hello, there were many, many other things long before we were. Right? And so I yep. love the essence of the spiritual overlay and I love the reflecting and sharing very honestly and openly that Ra, who, you know, downloaded this information, downloaded it through, and I love the languaging that you used, the filter of his own fill in the blank, right? I've said to my children, you know, please forgive me for raising you through my unresolved traumas. I apologize to them every time something, because I don't believe in that hierarchy. Well, I'm your mom, so I know best. <laughs> They're way smarter than I am. They're way more awake than I am. They came out that way. Thank God we need it. And I think what you're offering, Larry, which is what Monique and I try to offer, this isn't the thing, right? This is <clears throat> a beautiful addition to whatever your thing might be currently, but what you've allowed yourself to do in the time in your experience experiment is take parts and pieces of your things, whatever those are, practices, modalities, whatever it is that you're, and you're seeing how they can synergistic, synergistically work together and maneuver together, which then morphs, we're going to use that word mutates into something that someone else can then take another something or other. That's the gift here. And, you know, again, I'm going to go back to that, you know, please don't use these things we learn about ourselves as an excuse to not be a good human, right? Because I think as you shared when you, that morning, you finally were letting yourself read and learn about what your design is. And of course, often that comes, um, we are ready to look at ourselves more. Yours was after a breakup. It's like, okay, let's give us a moment of reflection. You know, I want to learn more about myself because that's the only thing that I get to a word that I'm not in love with, but control, you know, is me. Yeah. Like what I'm doing, how I'm experiencing, what I'm believing, all of those things. Of course, the miracles helps a lot with that. You know, I mean, there's just so many beautiful parallels to everything that you were sharing. But it, I remember when I was listening to my design and I was like, oh, and, you know, and then I had to ask myself and I'm just going to, you know, be vulnerable and honest here. Fuck, have I been tired my whole life? 
but I never let myself use those words because I was operating as an MG. I was a very high functioning MG, by the way, guys. Okay. Very high functioning. And sometimes I wish it wouldn't have stopped because that is comfortable and familiar. This is uncomfortable and very unfamiliar to allow myself to be present. So your cross and you use the word balance and I'm so grateful, but the last little line in this thing that I pulled up, your cross essentially teaches the balance between staying committed to your passions, right? There's that part and being yeah. present in the moment, of course, while maintaining your power and acting effectively. And I hear you like, you need to write a book. You're like, I guess I'm writing a book. You know, you're staying in your passions to it, but you're also empowering yourself to be very present. You're not taking these things to the law. You're taking all the things that have filtered through your lived experiences to yeah. invite yourself to show up so that it can move the needle for others in whatever way it's meant to. And it's just, it's felt, it's needed. I'm here for it. And I'm just so happy that we were able to meet and connect mm -hmm. so that this can be shared because it needs to be. And I can't wait for your book to come out because I'm, and you, <laughs> the one you already have, where's my pizza? I'm freaking getting it because I'm, I love pizza. So, and, and you know, I've got an expectation way too. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, what, no I was just going to say, I've had the expectation wave too, for like the past six to eight months. My, the 36 has been hooked up to my 35 for like months now. And so I'm, calling it my fake emotional wave and I have you know <laughs> I'm a projector and they say we don't feel the transits as much as the other types because we feel others others condition us more than the transits and all that jazz but there are times very apparent in my face that I have felt that expectation wave and I always let Amy know I'm like I don't know how you deal with this shit on the regular okay I love you my heart goes out to you god bless your whole soul I don't know but the lessons I have learned though especially as of late within managing expectations and how to really use them to your benefit rather than detriment, I guess, for lack of a you know short way to put that uh, because man, that crash is serious. And so I just, I respect both of you living in that as your main sun gates, riding your emotional waves. Thank you for being the chosen ones and allowing <laughs> me to bear witness while you do. I'm going to vessel of love you through it. I promise. We but need I, you. I am not doing it though. I'm not going to do it. Y'all are built for it. And I'm not because <laughs> got that three line underneath and I don't have that neither. So um, I also just want to point out quickly that um, I love how you, it sounds to me like you've really deconditioned, particularly your ego, because you're a completely open ego. And man, yeah. when I hear you speak, Amy is too. We talk about the ego a lot on Love Human Be Spirit because Amy, actually Larry has parts of you and parts of me because you're a completely open head, which I am also completely open head. And Amy's a completely open ego, but the open head is like nothing compared to like the open ego, right? We're, we're talking apples and oranges, right? So I just really, I love how you speak. Um, it sounds like you've worked through some things within yourself to sound like that ego, that undefined ego has nothing to prove now. And you know that, and it, I, mean, I could hear it, right? And it's not, it doesn't sound like, a, you know, the same as like a defined ego. It sounds like a healthy, deconditioned, open ego. And yeah. I just, yeah. I, it's, right? Yeah, I agree. 
I totally do. And here's why I, I cannot second your thoughts enough because Larry did not share that when he was invited to do readings for the public, he actually did. And he shared this in his talk. And so he put it out there that he was doing these readings y'all for five fucking dollars. Okay. If that is not the epitome <laughs> of an open heart, I don't know what is. Can you imagine right, paying right. $5 to get this information? Now your readings weren't human design readings at the time, but still you were sharing your gifts and talents with someone. And I don't know what the time amount that you allotted. My guess is you gave them all you had. Cause that's what we do. It was like an hour and a half, two hours per reading. Yeah. Right. You know, can you yeah, he said that like an hour or something, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Like for $5. Are you kidding me? And so then he was invited to increase the price and he's like what do you think 15 and I'm just I'm listening going oh my god your open heart is melting my open heart (laughs) but you know what I will say I I love that though too because I gotta tell you like on some level my defined heart hears that and says well at least you fucking put it out there that's what I hear yeah okay I hear like for me that would have given me the gumption to maybe keep going to be like okay now I do see some more and what the fuck? And and that's okay. I mean, that's how I see it. Like maybe that those were the steps that needed to be taken. I mean, I hear your point. Like it sounds bananas, especially with the gift that you were offering too, because you're really seeing into like another level. I feel like for others also. I mean, I, I imagine now your readings must be even more intense now that you blend all of these gifts that you have, right? Yeah. And they're yeah, probably more than five dollars now, guys. So don't they're, get your they're, hopes up. They're right? a little, they're a little bit more than five. Yeah, they're, they're at least five dollars. How about that? Oh, good one. See, look at that healthy, undefined ego. That is healthy, open ego talk. I don't know what the fuck y'all are like not hearing here, but I hear it. It's like at least five dollars. That's super like ego like the healthy kind of ego. I just, I commend you. I hear a lot of, I hear a lot of, you must have done some work there. Am I yeah. wrong? No, you aren't that. So the biggest part of the work that like I've done with Michelle is she also has an open ego. Mm-hmm. And so we we have a lot of the same wounds um, and a lot of it, um, you know, bless Michelle, Michelle, if you're listening, you know, Michelle also has an open G center as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have both of those. And I'm like, I feel for her on so many levels. But with me, it's always been am I good enough am I worthy of this and then you know anticipating rejection and then creating subconsciously creating scenarios whereby I am rejected so I can say look see I am always rejected uh, and right. it, it would the work that Michelle and I have done if and see I I don't mind to like throw somebody else's work out there too but if you've never heard of um the book existential kink by Carolyn Elliott it needs to be part of your library um because basically what she tells you is number one you you kind of go through a series of questions what benefit do you get by being rejected because there's nothing that we do in this human body that we don't do and we don't get a benefit from so why do you actually like being rejected what does that benefit you because you're not going to do it if you don't like it and that's one of the hardest things in the world to bring into your body you mean i actually like being rejected yeah you do otherwise you wouldn't do it and the moment I brought that in, I was like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. I actually get a high on being rejected. There's actually a a physical body charge to rejection, like anticipated rejection and then creating scenarios where I know I can predict the rejection. Like if I act this way and I show up this way, 
then rejection is going to show up and I'm going to be like, see, told you. And then I get to be right. That's the benefit. Mm -hmm. I get to be right. And then I get mm -hmm. to create the cycle all over again. And I think the biggest thing for me, and I think I shared with uh, at Santa Fe, but I was one of the, the gay guys that you'll meet is I wouldn't go to a pride festival. I would look at the stuff on TV and I'd be like, look at them in that rainbow shit. And they're wearing these little short shorts and they got all this stuff on. I cannot believe it. And Michelle stopped me one day. She was like, Larry, what does benefit you from judging your own community? And I was like, oh my God. And this one broke me down to my, to my shoe size. I was like, oh my God, I am a homophobic gay man. When that hit me, I was like, oh my God. And I had to sit with that and let the wave of that ride. And that was a hell of a ride on that wave. Um, and finally, you know, a couple of years ago, I went to a pride event. And when I got there, my body literally in the car locked up. And I was like, I can't get out of the car. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And I was like, no, dude, you're doing this. And I gave myself grace and I gave myself compassion and I got myself out of the car and I went down there and I got on rainbow stuff and I got on the shorts and I had the time of my life. But mm -hmm. until that subconscious part of me was made conscious, I had no idea that that was a thing that was happening, that I actually benefited from not only rejecting my community, but I was rejecting myself. And I actually enjoyed it. So I had to like play on the fact that I actually enjoy rejecting my own damn self and how good that actually felt in my body because I'm judged, it's judgmental and it's superior and I get to be above and I get to look down and all those things. And once I brought that in, it's, it's kind of like a little child that lives in you. It just, it's tugging at you and saying, I want to play, I want to play, just let me talk, just let me talk. And once I let it talk and that, let it burn its own energy out, it had nothing to do but integrate into me. And now, you invite me to a pride event, you invite me to this, whatever. I'm like, okay, let's go. But I couldn't have done that without doing that kind of work. And that's the kind of work that, you know, I've done. I mean, when I tell you, we've gone through the, the depths of trauma work and parts work and shadow work and fragmentation and all of the things that is where I live. And then I just throw the spiritual overlay on top of it. And I throw HD on top of it. And you have, you know, a system that helps you move through it. Um, and then you throw a course, a course of Miracles on top of it, and then it helps you really take the the buzz out of any not-self stuff that starts popping up. Because trust me, the not-self stuff will start speaking, and it will speak loud. And it, mm -hmm. they're, they're typically beliefs that we've held on to that we don't realize got started somewhere. And they just need attention. That's it. Oh, I love, God, Larry, thank you so much for sharing again the way that you share because that just hit me again on a whole nother level like you've got like I don't know real potency when you share a certain way it just it, it hits so hard I, I hope everybody heard that because that's like powerful shit what you just shared there about looking at the rejection and how much we're addicted to it and things like that and how that pattern runs and um and the work uh, yeah. you did to release it. Yeah. Like you did. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I say all the time, once you're aware, you can no longer be unaware, right? You can. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so awareness is the first step. It's such a key, critical step in any transformation. Anything that we desire to be different about the life we are currently, you know, the way we're currently experiencing it. And all of the things, the tools 
you know, the practices that you empowered yourself to navigate through. I mean, shadow work is no joke, inner child. Oh my gosh. All of, you know, releasing these limiting beliefs, all of those things, giving yourself the, um, I want to say gift, but boy, it doesn't feel like it when you're in it, you know, but giving yourself. It does not. Yeah. (laughs) To navigate parts work. I mean, Monique did parts works, parts work with Teresa Brenneman on her podcast. It's no joke. I did for the whole world to hear. Yeah, I know. And she'd um, never done parts work. I hadn't heard of it. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Woo, I wasn't, but how do you prepare someone for that? You don't, you know, I wasn't no. going to say a word. I mean, her. I was, yeah, I knew that that was right for me though. I wasn't, yeah, I was did. scared, but I wasn't Yeah, scared. It, like that's, that was one of the ways I've got to use my authority. That was really cool recently in a vulnerable yeah. way. Um, I know that we're getting close to time and I want this to go on forever, but I know my little timekeeper over there is going to be like, soon so um i do remember at the end of your talk um at santa fe you talked about the centers and i would love if that if we could end that way and maybe maybe we could go through them quickly and you could just give our listeners a way that they could maybe you know consider thinking about their communication with their centers and how that looks for them because i mean i really i i stood i stayed stuck on the root center one because my undefined root that's a real area of conditioning that I focus on daily for me so um I, I would just love for you to be able to share that can you can you can you do that do we have time for that is that cool absolutely I do absolutely um so what I did is I recognized that the voice that Ra heard um is the same voice that speaks in A Course of Miracles it sounds the same if you read the beginning of A Course of Miracles in the intro and you listen to Ra's experience Experience with the voice on YouTube. It's the exact same voice that carries the exact same vibrational pattern. It's the exact same. And so I said, okay, well, there's some, there's a connection here. And so I just got in meditation, trans meditation. And I said, okay, what are, if there's a, a connection between HD and of course the miracles, what is it? Um, and the first thing that was given to me was each center in its expression has also a divine expression. Um, so if we talk about the head center, you know, which is a pressure and a direction center, um, the divine expression of the head center when it spins into not self is these thoughts do not mean anything. So the moment you find yourself spinning in your head, catch it and throw that in there. These thoughts do not mean anything. And it takes the, 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 the shake, the sting, the not self spin out of it and it resets it. It stops it. So you can actually be aware of it and you can do something about it. Same thing with the the Ajna, um, you know, being an awareness center, it, the divine expression there is there is another way of looking at the world. Mm-hmm. Nothing to figure out. You don't need to know what that other way is, but there's another way of looking at the world. Um, for the throat and being the expression center. Remember, we're all an ex- uh, expression of source, God, the divine, having a human experience. So that ex- the expression there is God's healing voice protects me through all things today. And uh, you being the God of your own understanding, you being embodying that yourself, it's that's simply just your strategy and your authority that protects all things today. Mm-hmm. Um, your ego, my salvation comes from me. Um, the um, solar plexus, I'm never emotional for the reasons I think. I'm emotional because I see something that's not there. Mm. Um, yeah, that one. That one's the one that anybody emotionally defined listening to that one. That one's like, 
Yeah. Um, no. The the roots is I can see peace instead of this. And sir, whatever the this is, whatever you're looking at, whatever you're experiencing, I can see peace instead of this. And it stops the spiral immediately. Um, for the spleen, there is nothing to fear. Um, for the G Center, love created me like itself. Mm. And once we get these things in here, and these are all things that you'll find in A Course in Miracles. Um, I know people are like, which lessons in A Course in Miracles? I got you. Email me at Larry at Paralary.com. I can send you a copy of this chart so you have it. Um, it'll also be in the Divine Human Design book that I'm apparently working on. Um, What's the sacral but, one? You didn't do the sacral one. Oh, uh, we did not do the sacral. Um, the sacral is um, I rule my mind, which alone I must rule. Oh, good one. Because that's my other big center that I decondition every freaking day. Because I, like Amy, was living my best MG life pre-design. Um, oh, gosh. Thank you for sharing all that, Larry. And go ahead. You I'm sorry, so I cut welcome. you off because I needed the sacred one. But you were you were saying people no, can email you. you. Yeah, yeah, you can mean. you can you can email me at Larry at paralarry.com. Spelled like it sounds P-A-R-A Larry.com. Um, you can just hit me on paralarry.com. If you hit me on Instagram, I'm so bad at social media, but it's officially mm -hmm. underscore Larry. The message may sit there for three months. I'm so, email's <laughs> gonna be best. Email or the website's gonna be best. If you go, if you go to the Instagram, I'm not ignoring you. I just it, uh, it's not a thing that I really respond to. It's there because I, it's business, but uh. sorry, not sorry. I'm right there with yeah. you, Larry. I'm like, look, people, that's just not my thing. So if you want to get me, you'll get me with an email. <laughs> Correct. I love that. Uh, yeah. And you and paralary.com is your website. So that's where people can find you easily. I know I loved, I was poking around there. Um, I just see so many wonderful things coming from you sooner than later already. Um, you've added so much value to my life, to our life, to, to the conference that we just attended. Um, I want to give props to Jonah for a second too. For yes. Just being like, you need to speak at this thing because, wow, I mean, the man is gifted at really um, putting, like, the, you could say what you want about the conference and how the things go and everything. Um, everybody's entitled to their opinion. But the way that he kind of sees people and gets them together and, you know, just saw the value in you and what you can really bring to this conversation um, is, is, is cool in my opinion. So um, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that you got to be here today with us, for our listeners here. And I'm grateful that I get to be your friend now and we get to like shoot the shit whenever we want via text. Absolutely. Um, and, um, and yeah, I mean, I just, I just was feeling, I'm so happy that people got to hear you and hear just a teeny bit of what you have to share. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to share it. Yes. And that's why we will include all the ways, which and you heard him very clearly. He's got a website and also, you know, you can connect with him via email. So those that are ready to go further with you, Larry can, right. There's, there's a place for them to connect with you. And, uh, cause I know that this information is going to land. I know it yeah, is. There's just nothing about me that doesn't feel that as our truth. So I am thrilled that we um, were so blessed for you to respond with a yes. 
uh, to be on our mm -hmm. podcast so that, you know, we can share your message and all that you have to offer. And we will continue to follow you in all of the ways. And uh, mm -hmm. we're excited to see where it goes in the book and everything from that perspective. Yeah. And we just like, I didn't even get to talk about all the things I wanted to. So I'm like, you know. maybe if we get to do a part two, that'll just TBD in the future. But we want to thank you for being our first male on this show as well. We didn't even talk about that. Um, yeah. You are, you've just really like, you've, you've cracked some, some doors open for us, um, you know, personally and, and expanding the podcast as well. Cause we've really wanted a male voice on for a while. And Amy and I, it's something we kept kind of talking about and, you open that door too, because the next guest we have scheduled, I think is a male too, right? Amy? So yeah. we'll be, um, maybe, maybe, yeah, that's exciting for us. I mean, it's great to have all these. Awesome. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you guys have me back. I'll come back as many times as you guys want me here. Yes. Cause there were yes. things about your design yes, too, that, you know, I really wanted to, some specifics. I wanted to hear your lives experiences. I think we me heard too. a lot of them, but we didn't highlight them necessarily for our listenership. And so we'll just trust that that's what's meant for maybe the second, you know, mm -hmm. episode together. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Love you so much, Larry. Love all of our listeners so much. And we know this yeah. um, reached who it was meant to today. And if it reached you, please share it with another because that's that's how this works, right? Mm -hmm. Sharing is caring, right? So we're here to do this together, like I said. And and I, I'm happy to be doing this today with you two people and everybody listening. Thanks for being on this ride. Whenever you hear this, it is meant for you. Check Larry Armstead out whenever you feel the response to or the pull to, but don't miss out because you are a gem and we're happy to have you. Guys. Yes. Thank you guys. And with that, we'll okay. remind you to love yourself. And until next time, bye for now. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We hope you found it inspiring and digestible. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us if you'd take a moment to follow us so you'll be notified when new episodes are released. And if you're feeling really generous, please share and review our podcast as long as it's a five-star review. Otherwise, never mind. Maybe just keep that to yourself. And lastly, if you're new to human design or just curious to learn more about your own, Amy and I both have offerings for that. We also have an extensive human design community that we belong to. So if we don't feel like the right fit, we can certainly guide you to someone who is.